Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I want to talk about this crazy nonsense out of the seminary in New York City, Union Seminary. They apparently had a class where their students would come in and confess all of their sins to the plants. All in the name of protecting the environment. And it kind of brings us down to this point. I, I talked about this the other day on a, one of the live shows where we looked at this worship of the environmentalism. We looked at this climate change stuff and all of these, these people that are just turning the climate change into the thing to be focused on. It's usurping the gospel of Jesus Christ, even in the church when seminary students are having classes where they are praying our sins to the plants and to Mother Earth. Now, this seminary, I looked them up, and, and they are not just a, a Fruit Loopy. They are, you know, there's some big notable names. In fact, uh, the most notable I remember is Philip Schaefe. Now, I think this is probably before the seminary went crazy because Schaefe was actually a really good church historian, but he also, you know, died in the early 1900s. So, you know, he was there in like 18. 1960s or whatever. And so with that, the seminary though now is become this liberal hotbed where yeah, they still have they still have non-denominational um, ordination for, you know, Baptist or other other uh, church views, but they also have things like they have a big Pentecostal outreach, but they also have Islam outreach, they have Buddhism outreach of all these different things all in the name of a seminary and these students who are getting these theology degrees that are going to be the ones teaching us and training us going forward they're going out and they are worshiping literally worshiping and praying to plants in the name of protecting the environment and the protecting the environment has usurped the gospel and I talked about the dangers of that a conference that RZIM put on where they did the, um, uh, they were talking about climate change stuff and they're like, no, we have to get in here and, and help protect the environment. We, we got to help Jesus save the planet. Save it from what? Jesus himself is going to destroy the place. The earth was reserved for fire is what it says in Second Peter 3. All right. But what I want to say with this Union Seminary group is they bring in all these plants and they start confessing all of their sins to the plants in the name of the environment and protecting the environment and environmentalism. And what I wanted to do is draw the parallel between that and what Paul warns us about in, once again, Romans 1. It's like Romans 1 is happening modern day in the American world. So let's go ahead and have a read through this. We're going to start in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from it. Didn't I cover these verses like last week or something? Anyway, let's do it again. For the wrath of God is revealed against heaven, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in their unrighteousness because of that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Wow. 
Now, they didn't mention plants there. Maybe there's some things even Paul didn't imagine was going to happen as we start bowing and worshiping and confessing our sins to the plants. Just an FYI, Hebrews tells us who we're supposed to confess our sins to, and that's Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ is the high priest and the apostle of our confession. If I can remember exactly where that verse was, I will read it. I think it's in Hebrews 3. But um, I would have to hunt for it a little bit. Uh, but regardless, what we wanted to say, let me just do a quick glancing. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, just by so much as the builder of the house and more honor than this house. For every house built by some, is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. All right, so it was Jesus Christ is the high priest and the apostle of our confession. I'm sorry, I'm standing in this field. I got some clear weed down here. There's a raspberry bush. There's some goldenrod over here. Uh, this is a Russian olive. Um, this guy here, what's this one? Mm, not sure that one is right there, but you know what? These are just plants. They have no power to hear a confession. They have no power to to save. They have no power for anything. And no, there's not some connection to these plants, to this nebulous Mother Earth out there somewhere that these seminary students are teaching us. And this is why I have no interest in going to a seminary. Some people say, man, you should go and go to the seminary, be a pastor. Why? I lose too much of my education about the Bible. When we focus on this, that's what's important. And I don't have to go to seminary to focus on the scriptures. So this verse here, what Paul's talking about. So this is a verse that is, appeals to what is called the natural revelation in theology. Yeah, see, I don't need to go to seminary for this. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. So in other words, God has revealed himself against the unrighteousness. And our whole world is full of unrighteousness. And a lot of people can point to the unrighteousness. Oh, that's so unrighteous. That's so unrighteous. That's so unrighteous. That's so unrighteous. This is so unrighteous. That's so unrighteous. But we want to deny that. We want to deny that thing inside of us. This is one of the strongest arguments C.S. Lewis made in mere Christianity for the, the existence of a God. This is what finally caused him to completely believe that there was a God. It's because he could not get away from this idea that there is a moral lawgiver. That somebody out there is morally there. Otherwise, there is no real right and wrong. Is right and wrong defined by our society? No, right and wrong is defined by the morality stamped in our heart. God says this in Joel, the book of Joel. Your law have I written on your heart. Sorry, I can't remember where that verse is. If I think of it, I'll throw it down there in the comments there, whatever. All right, so he continues on. Because of that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. In other words, this is eludes that same verse there in Joel, right? The same verse there. Our, the law of God is written on our hearts. God has placed it within us. It has become evident, but we have actively suppressed it. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. And that is the verse about natural revelation. So natural revelation refers to that thing which is revealed by God through the creation of nature. These things that we see. For example, if you look at a tree, and uh, there's some trees back behind me that are in view here. If you actually look at the trees 
and see how their branches grow and you look at how the um, like the there's actually a mathematical equivalency between when and how the branches grow it's a mathematical formula it is always consistent because there is a divine creator in the world who has ordered all things very fascinating all of these things point to an ultimate creation. Now, natural revelation can never lead us to salvation in Christ. It's that supporting evidence that kind of says, okay, now that we look at that, that makes a lot of sense in what is in the scripture. So verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Does that sound like people in our modern era? So they knew who God was, but they did not want to honor him as God. We want to seek God. This is what Paul says in, uh, in Acts. I forget uh, which verse is in Acts, but he's in Aragopolis uh, in, in Mars Hill. And he says, you know, you guys are a very religious people. They're, they're always seeking it. We're always seeking to manufacture gods. That's what he's saying here. So we're always seeking to manufacture gods, but we do not want to actually give honor to the true one real God. It says their foolish heart was darkened. Darkened in our foolish heart. Professing to become wise, they became fools. And that definitely describes a lot of people who want to openly reject God. And exchange the glory of the incorruptible God. So we're going to exchange the real, true God who gives us both natural and special revelation in place of what? In the form of a corruptible man, worshiping people, of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. And I will add the plants. Maybe there's some things even Paul didn't imagine. Like, all right, I can understand worshiping a cow. I can understand worshiping a snake. I can understand worshiping a, a, a person as a deity. No, people would never be as crazy as to worship a plant. But it's happening. Not only is it happening, but it's being taught in our seminaries. Because we are turning away from God. We need to stop turning away from God and turn instead to that God. Confess our sins to Him recognize what our sins are, look at what your sins are in your life, confess those sins to him, the God of the universe, and then when that actually occurs, you can accept the salvation that Jesus Christ has offered by dying on the cross for our sins as the only true way to heaven. John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one will come to the Father except through me. That is what is so critically important. No, the plant has no ability to save you. Just a thought. So let me know your thoughts on all this in the comments down below. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.